You're listening to Dorm Bumper Clear. I'm TJ Majors, and most of us are back from Phoenix. Today, we'll cover the quality of racing in Phoenix, Josh Berry's a double bird in the Xfinity Series race, and much more. Here we go. Nobody's listening, but I don't care. I'm on an episode of Door Bumper Clear. Hey, everybody. I'm TJ Majors, spotter for the 22 Cup car. Uh, nothing else this weekend. Hey, what's up? Brett Griffin, spotter of uh, the Offer Pad Suite out there in Phoenix. <laughs> you were doing a good job up there. What's up? Freddie Kraft, spotter for Bubba Wallace and Jeb Burton out there in the desert. Freddie, are you allowed to talk? I heard Bubba told you to be quiet. I don't know if you'd be able to talk on this show today or not. <laughs> he, I don't know that he was talking to me, but he was talking to everybody, I think, at once. It was pretty funny. He's... Come on, man! You know damn well he was talking to you. No, it was it was uh, it, was, that, it was it was it was all of us really. He it looked was a little of, sad. Freddie looked a little sad when I was standing next to him. <laughs> no, I was a little sad when them fifteen cars drove by us on that restart. But I told you it was getting ready to happen. Hey, you go, gotta take a chance. We'll, we'll see. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we will. <laughs> yeah, he uh, we were. He likes when he gets in a little rhythm and he's got some speed and he's running down guys. He don't really like to like hear anything was that right whenever you were stuck behind the 99 then took off no no it, we, we were we were we had restarted like i don't know 13th 14th and we we're driving up until like the top seven or eight and he was doing a good job so i really didn't have anything for him i would just i think i said something like wheels might have said something about a good corner and uh i said something like the 47 starting to back up and he's like all right just let me work and wheels is like i said well then go to work or something you know like i i went to mess with him and wheels on channel two is like What's he been doing all day? Have he been working? You know, joking yeah. around. I said, I think that's just his most polite way of saying, shut the hell up. <laughs> so it was towards you. It was towards everybody. But yeah, it's, it's, I, I mean, I, See, that's I tell him all the time when you get mad, just yell at me because some people might not be able to take as well as I do. He, Joey's the opposite. If you're quiet for a while, like if you go, like when we're, when we're leading, I don't say a whole lot unless I see somebody moving lanes or something. And man, Joey's like, still there? All like, yeah, I mean, I could probably read him a children's book during the. It'd <laughs> <laughs> probably be okay with it. Anyways, I'm Casey Boat, and of course, we can't forget to intro our lovely producer. Hello, I'm eating lunch, but um, I'm here, Jason and, and Schultz. Don't Make worry, sure Jason. that camera's on. Yeah, don't worry, Jason. Dilner is here in the room. Yes. So. My tail's still wagging. <laughs> yeah. Schultz, I feel bad. Yeah. I've, I've given Schultz an extra job at this show. He's now my mail sorter. <laughs> so Personal assistant. I've got a bunch of T-shirts showed up here. I got my buddy Ed Cheslack on today, so my short track Saturday night uh, deal started off here, and I see a bunch of shirts, so we'll keep it rolling each week because it'll be something fun to do. But Phoenix, TJ, you guys are good. Uh, yeah. Pretty good. We're good pretty good. Nineteen. Yeah, we we usually have decent speed at Phoenix. We just um, can't seem to lead the one that counts. So I don't know. I mean, it's, we've had some pretty good luck there, though. So I can't really complain too much. Speed, and I mean, we won the spring race there last year, and was able to hold off Harvick. And really, I thought we had a good shot at winning this one. Um, late rate, late race restarts usually are right up where we need i mean you put joey up front he's gonna be hard to pass and late race restart and truex just got a good one and he got some help with from he got some help from behind and he got a good shove and was able to stay outside of us into into one and that's all you know that's what mattered so but solid day pit crew was great um good car we've uh executed pretty good the last few weeks here we've actually put ourselves back in a pretty decent point spot and 
and we've been creeping up the Vegas. I think we were 14th, 15th, something like that, starting position. And now we're, you know, this week we were ninth. Now I think we're going to be third, something like that. So we're going in the right direction, and we're, we've are we been leading some races. Just need to lead the one that counts. Yeah. Freddie, yeah. what about you? I, I feel like uh, that was a heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's I mean, it's – it's like encouraging and and frustrating all at the same time. Uh, we had really good speed yesterday. Um, we had a little trouble on one of the pit stops, green flag pit stop. Lost about a half a track worth of, of distance there, so that hurt a lot. We came out, we were about a half a track in front of the leader, which was a twenty two, and we came out right in front of him with I don't know four or five lap better tires, and we were able to get away, drive away from him in traffic. Um, so that was good. That was encouraging, and then. Um, we just rolled the dice a little bit there and uh, didn't work out. Unfortunately, you know your your thought process of going into that was we're we're running tenth. We got good speed. We've got the freshest tires of anybody on the racetrack. Um, they were six or seven laps old. Brett just keeps getting smaller. <laughs> um, <laughs> it came up. We had Brett on full screen. Then it said. Then it went to half, and it said Brett's. His uh, bandwidth network bandwidth is low, and then he went to a really small like icon. <laughs> Now he's back frozen. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, you know, we we and, I, and listen, I was on board with it. We, you know, wheels, wheels said it, and I said, yeah, I think so. I said, I think if you give us our cars good enough, if we get good track position, and we're not thinking we're going to go up there and win the race, I don't think, but we're going up there thinking we could get a good restart, get some clean air maybe, and hold on to run top five, top seven like we were earlier, and uh, it just didn't work out. A lot of factors. You're thinking some other guys are going to stay out with you, not be the only guy out there. Um, you know, just, just a lot of different things. We didn't get a good restart because TJ put the whammy on me coming to green. He said, I hope I spun the tires, and I did. And then you so, hit me in the so, door. Well, you were the one that wanted me to spin the tires. No, so. I said, if you spin the tires, take them all out behind you. I need all the way back to about 12. <laughs> and, uh, I yeah. thought you had my pit crew from the Daytona road course, Freddie, to be honest with you, when I saw you keep losing ground on those pit stops. You can't do that and expect to to finish top five, man. This is too competitive these days. And that place you can't pass, man. It's, that's a tough place. Once once those restarts sort out, you're kind of stuck. Yeah, I mean that was what was I think really encouraging to us as a team was we could pass. You know, we could we and it was tough to pass. And I think we'll get into that later. But um, you know, we could make moves. You know, we could pass. We draw. You know, we'd come out thirteenth, twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth ish, and we were able to drive up into the top seven. We started. 25th and we're able to drive into the top 15 early so i knew we had a really good car and we had really good speed and uh you know i think we if if we just stay status quo and do what everybody else does we probably have a top 10 day um but you know hey i'm i'm i like risk i, I like gambling you know sometimes like i tweeted last night sometimes you roll the dice and they come up sevens and, and that's what happened last night but is what it is we're, we I, I we have improved every week i think and and we're gonna start better than we have this week so uh, I, I'm looking forward to getting to Atlanta and getting rolling. How uh, I know you weren't spotting yesterday, but I'm Hardest sure you're working spotter of the weekend, Brett. I'm sure you were keeping an eye on the 11. How did he do yesterday? He did good, man. Uh, I mean, look, he took the lead stage one or before the competition caution, and the suite erupted. I mean, all those offer pad guys. We had the ownership group there. Kyle Rush was there, who's a big supporter of our show here, and uh, man, it's. Uh, I got to say, though, it's a lot more nerve-wracking to watch a race from that perspective than it is to spot the race. Because spotting the race, you're in the game. You feel like you got control over the situation. And when you're sitting here watching it, you're like, man, I hope Denny don't screw this up. I hope, you know, Chris Lambert don't screw this up. Like, you're nervous for 
for your guys, right? So it's it's a lot different being uh, watching through a glass versus watching from the roof. I can tell you guys that. Who screwed it up? I mean, he took the lead and then didn't win. What happened? <laughs> Man, I, I, honestly, from where I was at, and I haven't talked to Denny, but it looked like on low air pressure that those guys were really struggling, the 11 bunch. Um, but after you get a heat cycle or after you run some laps, I thought he was a top three car for sure. You know, there were parts of the race where TJ, I felt like he was going to catch you and, and pass you. And, and then there were, when Martin came to life there in stage two, I don't think anybody had a faster car than he did. But uh, I, I think the low air pressure probably was a challenge. And But what I did see, man, is the drivers uh, were having to change their lanes and lines around a lot to try to make good lap times. And I think that's a product of having more horsepower. And, and I thought the package was a heck of a lot better at Phoenix this year for the spring race than it was last year. I mean, I, I thought the race was pretty good. It, it, you had different cars were faster at different stages. Like in the beginning, you know, it looked like uh, the, I'd say maybe first part of the race, uh, our car was really, really good. Then Larson on that long run, ridiculously fast, like what, like st- stupid fast. And then at the end of the race, the last hundred or so laps, the uh, last hundred fifty laps, Truex, man, it, that car was was digging. Um, I honestly feel like I feel like Truex overall throughout the day. I feel like it was Truex, the five, and then us, maybe Denny, right? Maybe Denny and Brad right in the fourth and fifth spot, but. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't think the race was, was terrible. You had to, you had to really work to pass somebody, but that's, um, that's just characteristic of how it is now. A lot of people were fighting drive off. Yeah. As I mean, well. I'm sure we'll get into it more, but we can talk about just, we've said it on here a hundred times. I just can't stand the PJ one. And I think the PJ one, your idea was to, to make this a multi-groove racetrack because, you know, it was kind of locked down at the bottom, hard to pass. I think it's even more lane dependent now with the PJ1 because there's really no bottom. On restarts, you can run the bottom, but you could see everybody searched that PJ1 within three or four laps. And then you couldn't even run multiple lanes in the PJ1. Like if you got up just a little bit too high, you flew the nose in the center or, or you know, like so it was super lane dependent. And then the only way you could pass was just run up a guy's ass, kind of get him loose off the corner and then hope he had a hole in front of him where you could dive in the corner in front of him and slide up and take the PJ1 away because you knew it didn't matter if he crossed you over. He can get back in the, underneath you, but if you had the grip going to the next corner, you were going to clear him off that, that the opposite corner. So I, I don't know I don't know what the answer is because the bottom wasn't great for years, but I feel like it's even worse now where it's so lane dependent. If we don't put that down, though, you know, on new tires, we all we run the bottom for about, I'd say, six to eight laps. Um, soon as that, soon as that wears off, you move up to the, to the, the grip. But if we don't have that stuff down, we're going to be the bottom all day. I get it. But I feel like in the past guys, the only way to fix is to go back to the old Phoenix. (laughs) I still feel like in the past guys figured out a way the year, a couple years leading up to the PJ one guys still figured out a way to run off the bottom, especially in turn one and two now and make time up where now it's just, you've got one lane to work with. And you're going to try to pull out, and you're going to try and get clean air and, and turn underneath the guy, but it takes you either lap after lap after lap of working it, or you got to go in there and try and slide job him. And I just, I don't know, I, I don't know if there's a way to make it like not as grippy or what, but it just, I feel like you've taken one lane and and just switch it to another lane. Like you're not you're not adding multiple grooves, you're just taking the one lane that off the bottom and moving it to the grip. And I don't think that's what you what your what your goal was to with the PJ one. 
I, I think I I still think there it makes for a better race though. I mean, at least you got guy. At least it's moved up where guys try the bottom and can at least get inside there, and it makes for exciting races or racing at some points, at least on restarts. If I ran top three, I would probably agree with you all day. But. I'm just saying, looking <laughs> looking throughout the pack, I mean, if, we all, if we're all fighting for the bottom, we're going to be in a single-file line the entire time. Yeah, but my point was that, like, in the past, if you had a good enough race car, I felt like you could manipulate your line, change your entry, dime in the corner, do something differently, and maybe get a run on the guy in front of you, where now there's you're not doing that. I'd probably... Uh, would have agreed more with that a few years ago before this package right now yeah oh for sure i mean a a few years ago before we had we got more downforce now than we've ever had i'd say if you take the downforce away even more downforce and stuff i think that's a great idea but it's tire fall off and less downforce it's weird that we say that (laughs) four thousand times it it doesn't matter if we're at any anywhere talladega daytona martinsville a mile and a half what it, what it looked like watching it because obviously we're kind of focused on our cars and not really what's going on i mean everything is going on just around us but as a as a whole what'd you see uh, it was a lot better race than normal to be honest with you i mean i guess if i'm going to be a pj1 supporter which i'm not but if i'm going to fake it till i make it i'm going to take and i'm going to do about a three foot strip of it where you could either put your rights in it or your lefts in it and i'm going to pick one corner and i'm going to make a guy be perfect when he hits that corner to be able to pick up that extra traction because as we saw yesterday it became a one groove racetrack right at the you wanted your lefts at the bottom of the pj1 yes some guys would run a little higher in three and four than others try to get a late apex we saw guys dime and one and two, uh, but at the end of the day, it's just it's too much of it, I think. And and for us to run a full Xfinity Series race and a full Cup Series race with that many cars, and it never really go away, like it's it's just too much of it. Yeah, I mean, I that, I think that's a great idea. Where do one corner? So now, like if, a Pocono turn three. If well, I'm just saying, no, do, you know, a, a, remember a, when they a, repaved up there? Yeah. But I'm saying, like, like my home track, Riverhead, um, is had been repaved in the last couple of years, so. And then they spray both ends, but because it's repaved, the bottom is really good. But now, like, the, the corner that they repaved, the bottom is really good. But the corner they didn't repave, the top is good because of the grip. So now you watch these guys run side by side because the guy in the top has an advantage in three and four, and the guy in the bottom has an advantage in one and two. So now they're racing their asses off, and, and, you're, and you're fighting for grip. So I think that might be a, that might be a good solution to just, just do one corner so the bottom has the advantage in turn one and two, and then the top has the advantage in three and four. And then and then get, you know kind of split it up and make it equal. I'm waiting for Brett to to spearhead this company, a paving company where you can maybe you could choose what kind of mixture you want to to repave in because you need that stuff that really tears the tires up. Yeah, I mean there's there was a couple of things about this race this weekend. And the PJ one was probably one of the least of my concerns, but like we I I know TJ's on board with this. We've got a rule about uh, changing lanes too soon. And uh, I don't know if they forgot what the rule was, but especially Saturday was awful. And then Sunday, we got to lap 93 before there was finally a warning given where guys were just – I mean, I was spotting for Jeb, and I harped on him for three or four restarts. Do not change lanes so you get to the strike. Do not change lanes. You know, maintain the lane in front of you. And I'm like, all right. And I always count them down to the start-finish line. I'm like, all right, at the start-finish line now, inside. Which how could that be possible? If if the guy yeah. behind me's got to wait to get to the line, how could he be inside me when I get to the line? And TJ's got a picture of it we can post later. But they're they're fanned out three wide way before the line on the final restart there, and and it's just I don't care if one way or another other just call it consistently, and if that's the rule, that's the rule. Enforce it. Don't let uh, some guys get taken advantage of because they're following the rule. 
Phoenix is a really hard place to. That's a very unique track with the where the restart zone is. Um, it, it's kind of like in a off of a corner where you're most people are drifting up still, and on a restart you're not drifting up. So it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird restarting there, and we restart on the bottom. We didn't even really lead the line. So as the leader, that that's to me that's legal, and that's what you're supposed to be doing. If you're if you're on the yellow line when you take the green in the restart zone, and you just stay on an exit. You're that's how you should be doing it, I guess. Um, but yeah, there's there's people changing lanes. They said yesterday on the radio on the radio it said no, do not go below the yellow line before the start finish line. But that's not that's not the rule. That's not the rule. I mean, when we go to uh, Chicago or Kansas, am I allowed to go inside the guy in front of me, but just not down yeah, to the yellow yeah. line? I mean, what what is the like? Yeah. You uh, can see like in the uh, and we'll tweet it. Um, the the picture TJ has, they are literally behind the leader. Wide, they're yeah. three wide before the start finish line. They're not inside or outside of each other yet, I don't think. But they're fanned out three wide, and that's that's not legal. You're supposed to maintain the lead the lane that the leader you know sets. So. I don't know. Just you know, like yeah. we say, just consistency on their parts a little, would be nice. It was the final restart of the Xfinity race was the craziest one in my yeah. Well, that I saw, but every restart, I feel like this whole season has been pretty crazy. So I'd imagine. Yeah. Let's hear more about our amazing presenting sponsor, OfferPad, which, by the way, had the best paint scheme of the race. I think yesterday. Yeah, I, Junior tweeted that it was uh, top three. I think that was a little bit of orange bias on his part. But. <laughs> So I look at that, and the first thing I think of, there's two things. The Miami Dolphins and the Jerry Nadeau car. And Jerry Nadeau. <laughs> so, for, I mean, when I see that, that's exactly what I think about. It looks just like Jerry Nadeau's, like, colors when he ran that car. I liked it. I thought it stood out. It was good. I'm sure you and, do. You know, Denny, you know, Denny was driving it, so it was great. Yeah, Denny's always amazing. The so. best. It's fun colors, though, man. Like when we decorated that suite, I'm telling you, it's fun colors, and it's a it's a fun, vibrant brand. And and man, that suite looked freaking phenomenal. I was really happy with how it turned out, and everybody had that a blast. That suite did. It was done up well. Hey, let me ask you a question. Um, I've been kind of in, you know, integrated with Offerpad stuff for a while. Um, where did the moose come from? So when you go into their office here in Chandler, Arizona, they've got a big orange moose. Like if you Google offer pad office, I bet you probably can even find it online. So I don't know the story behind the orange moose, uh, but given that it is, is, is represented in their office, man, I went with the orange moose for deco and, uh, all their people were like, man, that moose is cool. And all the people on Twitter was like, why is there a moose in the desert? So maybe that's something we're going to have to find out for the offer pad brand is what the f is up with the moose. <laughs> I think we should have Kyle come on one time just for a quick cameo or something, and we'll ask him what it means. I, he started to tell me yesterday because yeah. I was like, "Hey, what's the deal with the moose?" And then he like we got caught up. Somebody was asking me a question or something, so he got cut off. But yeah, we'll have to get on him and figure that out. This is the one. Let's sell. Gotcha. Home selling with OfferPad is as easy as welcome to OfferPad. How can we help? We want to sell our home to buy this one. Cool. Sell to buy. Yep. Sell Express. Cash offer in 24 hours and a free move. We let you choose your closing date. We're ready. Close in 14 days. Okay. We're moving fast. Let's do this. Go team. Take control. Selling is easy with OfferPad Express. Request your free offer today at OfferPad.com. Man, what a great weekend it was out here in Phoenix being in OfferPad's home market and seeing Denny Hamlin drive the offer pad number 11 for the first time. 
Yeah, it was awesome to see some of our friends out there. Let's keep the momentum rolling as we head to another offer pad market this week in Atlanta. Yeah, the offer pad logo looked great in our rearview mirror the entire race. (laughs) (laughs) If you are looking to sell your home in the Atlanta area or buy one there, then you need to use OfferPad.com. Atlanta's a great city with tons to do, including sports, food, and culture. Who wouldn't want to call the ATL home? If you're ready to do just that, listen up. Log on OfferPad.com, spend five minutes filling out the form about your home and request your offer. You'll get a cash offer on your home within a fast Denny Hamlin fast, 24 hours. <laughs> That's real fast. He's the best. Go sell your home with OfferPad today. When asked where you heard about OfferPad, select the NASCAR option so they know we sent you. Spot on, spot off. First topic, Jeb Burton says on the radio that he has to go to the bathroom, and Freddie responds with, there's only 103 laps to go in the Xfinity Series race. Freddie, what was that? I mean, honestly, this, this I was putting this together Saturday night after the race, and I think this might explain his entry to turn one on the last lap. He was, you know, maybe he really had to go at that point, uh, shifted in there a little deep. But, yeah, I don't know, just, just – He's like he said something about uh, he he needed to uh, he wanted to drink some more Pedialyte but he couldn't because he had to go to the bathroom really bad and I said well there's good news bud we're not even halfway yet there's only 103 laps left of this deal <laughs> and he he uh, he was like oh great perfect but I'm sure the uh, as far as I know he held it he he was still talking about it later in the race so I'm sure the interior guy appreciates that I feel like that's not really the case for most don't they just go in their car well, I, I don't think most I think some do for sure. TJ, but, uh, I, I think some do, sometimes. I've heard of a few. Uh, They're poor I, I, interior guys. I'm not so sure Jeb didn't go. <laughs> I mean, 103. I think when he shipped it off in a turn one, he might have pissed his pants. So <laughs> maybe he got, maybe, uh, maybe he got in some fluid. You know, they drill holes in the bottom of these seats. Maybe Uh-oh. that's what we're gonna blame it on. We got in fluid in the one. We yeah. slid in the one. Now your own fluid. Yeah, it was. All, and, uh, it was. Yeah, that's what happened. They drill holes in the bottom of the seat, so if it does happen, it just drains out the bottom of the car. But. Uh, that's interesting. Spot, spot off, spot on, and spot off. I don't know. Spot, spot off, off for, for his interior, interior guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't believe miniature bladder TJ Majors would spot off the fact that the guy had to pee and he couldn't go pee. I am a hundred percent spot off at what you just said, Freddie. That this guy in an Xfinity Series race where it's sixty degrees outside is having to drink Pedialyte. I know like, that, it was what? cold on Dude, Saturday, it's man. A, it's a it's a two hour race and it's not even hot. Why are you drinking Pedialyte? Hey, God, hey. come on, man. These these guys they're watching too much TV or something. I don't know who these trainers are that are going over the top of some of this stuff. Could you imagine if Dale Earnhardt? had said he drank freaking Pedialyte in the middle of a race, <laughs> or Kel Yarborough, or Bobby Allison. Come on, Jeb, get with it, man. Jeez. I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm pretty disappointed Kel probably in that. Drinks. Kel probably had some fireball. Hey, I'll tell you one thing, though. That was Jeb's best race of the year. So I'm gonna somebody's going to lock the bathrooms around the hauler. He's not allowed to go the rest of the year because that was his best race he's run yeah. all year. So we might have to try that again this week. Jeez. 103 yeah. laps to go, man. That's I can't. I'd be nervous if I was him too. I'm nervous on the roof. <laughs> There's no caution. Spot on, spot off. Josh Berry gives Santino Ferrucci the double bird after being run into the wall in Phoenix in the Phoenix Xfinity Series race. Brett, since this is your favorite uh, phrase, word. this is a Brett move right yep, here for you sure. Do it. 
If Brett was a race spot car, on, spot off. he looked like Brett. One hundred percent spot off because the version that I saw, and I was watching from a bar out here in Arizona. Um, I'm one hundred percent spot off because the broadcast blurred out the birds. You got to show the birds, man. Dang, <laughs> there's kids watching. I, Who cares? I'm spot off just for the fact that. I'm pretty sure what Josh did to Ryan Sieg was worse than what Santino did to Josh, and I didn't see anybody out there flipping Josh off. But I don't know. I like looked to me like Josh got in the back of the 39 and just kind of shoved him up in the fence on old tires on a restart. And then I don't even think there was contact between Santino and Josh. I think he kind of just maintained his lane and didn't give Josh a room any room, and he, uh, he pancaked yeah. the fence off of two there. But I mean, it, I mean, it is what it is. It's, I'm all for the show, so get out there and double bird them. Every time we wreck, somebody should get out there and double bird somebody. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm spot off because I think Josh is probably looking back right now. And Josh, uh, he's ran fairly well. He's had decent speed, especially with no practice at these places and, and things like that. But I'm spot off because I think he's regretting it now because this he needs to impress people. He needs to he needs to be he needs to wow some people to to continue his career at this level. And I don't know if that's necessarily the the right move. And I'm I'm also spot off on Santino's comments. Did you listen to them? No. He just said that he basically ran him up the racetrack because he wasn't he he was just he didn't know it was time to like give or anything like that. Basically said he basically said he did it on purpose to use him up. But so I, I mean one, I, I don't think Santino knows. So he didn't use him up. He they he ran his normal line and just did not give Josh room like uh, through the middle of the corner. And then he was clear off the corner, and Josh stayed in it and pancaked the fence. Like that's up to Josh at that point if he wants to stay in the throttle and try to throttle up back outside of him. But you weren't getting back outside of him, and and you just drove your car into the fence. But like you said, this this is this is not Hickory. This is not late model stock race over at Old Dominion. Like. You gotta you gotta be a little bit more professional. There's a lot of eyes on you now, and and I like Josh. I think he's done a great job this year. I think he's done a, great, a phenomenal job in them late models for the last couple of years in Dale stuff. Um, but like you said, he's got to he's got to put it all together. You know, he was up there in the top five and, and got himself damaged. Yeah. So where like the damage from the 39, he had a pit a second time, got a penalty on that pit sequence, and then started in the back and was coming back through. And this deal happened with Santino. So you know you got to have a little bit. We talk about self awareness on here all the time. Your mistakes put you back there, and we'd say sometimes when you run with squirrels, you're going to end up with nuts, and, and, and yeah. that, that's kind of what you end up with there. This is just an experience. I'm going to say behind every bird part. is a pile of <laughs> too, so you got to keep that in mind when you flip those fingers to people. <laughs> you know that too well. All too well, Casey, all too well. I, I'll say this, man. Josh Berry is uh, obviously a, a good short track driver, so when you look at his the schedule, this is probably the first track that stuck out where he'd have an opportunity to go out and be competitive from uh, from a steering wheel holding standpoint uh, and, and, and didn't make the most out of it for whatever reason. And, look, I've, I've got to say, looking at that car, and, and maybe I'm wrong, that Dell Jr., uh, handpicked him to fill the races that weren't sold and that they didn't have sponsorship for or a driver that was coming in to rent the race car for that weekend. So a big opportunity for Josh and and TJ actually, is, as much as I don't want TJ to be right about this, because I like when people show emotion from a marketing perspective, he didn't do himself any favors to attract any new sponsors, that's for sure. 
spot on, spot off, no caution for Cole Custer after getting Hey, can I go spot on for finally somebody getting flipped off that wasn't the 22? <laughs> hey, somebody that wasn't driving one of TJ's vehicles. <laughs> feels, every, feels uh, so good that I'm not a spot on, spot off conversation this week. Don't okay, worry. For on. every one person who gets uh, flipped off, That's I fine. think there's like five who That's flipped off. That's fine. wasn't so me. I'm happy. Spot on, spot off, no caution for Cole Custer after getting turned into the wall late in Sunday's race. TJ. Spot off should have been a caution. Should have been a <laughs> should have been a caution for sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> there was debris and brake rotor parts everywhere. I don't know what they were seeing. I can't believe we were able to race on that track afterwards. I don't know how I, he, I don't know how he got wrecked. Listen, he got he got in trouble. Yeah. After Freddie um did you by chance pull that up and look at the the data or data, whatever you data, want to call it on that? Yeah. Definitely some contact from a red and white twenty three. So I I didn't look at SMT yet, just watching the video last night. So here's the deal. Cole's racing somebody in front of us, I think it was Kurt, and he's underneath him trying to get around him. And again, you can't get around him on the bottom. So now we're running the top and we've got a head of steam. And Cole's gonna squeeze up in the hole, and there's a hole there, and he's gonna get up in it, and we've we're coming quite a bit faster, I think. And for some reason, he, like, stops. He, like, he, he stopped, doesn't yeah. come all the way to the wall. And I think that kind of threw Bubba's timing way off. Where Bubba, you know, Bubba, know, you know, we've done this 100 times. You know, you come up on a guy, and then he pulls up. You go underneath him. And for some reason, Cole stopped, like, I don't yeah, know, half a car width off the wall. For sure. And we just got in the back of him and turned him, you know. Yeah, he, Bubba he, wasn't trying to. He was just trying to make a move. Yeah, and, we are trying to get back underneath yeah, him and, and use our momentum. That's one of them things, too, that when you're trying to pass somebody and they don't go all the way to the wall, like running inside of them, you're expecting them to go all the way to the wall. And if they don't, yeah. it just throws everything off. So I just still can't believe you wrecked him. <laughs> I was, I don't, I'm good with, I'm good with no caution. Yeah, there. there wasn't. Like if, if. I don't want manufactured caution. I didn't think there should have been a caution when Kyle spun. As much as I needed a caution at that point, Kyle spun on the apron. There's 75 lanes right there off just past the start-finish line. And he's on the apron. He's getting going again and rolling. And as soon as he takes off rolling straight, they throw the caution. I don't know why. I didn't, there, was no, there was no reason for it, I don't think. Uh, there was just one car spun on the bottom. There was no debris, and he took off rolling. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all good with no caution there. You don't want to affect the outcome of a race. Or one way or the other, either throw the caution every time or don't throw it at all. So just be consistent if that's what it is. I don't want to see now in three next week in Atlanta where we're all strung out there at the end of the race and the 51 goes up and brushes the wall and the yellow comes out. That'll be bullshit. So, you know, we'll just see how it goes from here, but I'm good with no caution right there. That's two weeks in a row Kyle Busch has got cautions that I didn't think deserved to be cautions. I got to I gotta agree with Freddie on that. You know, when I saw the right front of the 41, though, I saw a lot of missing sheet metal, um, and that sheet metal went somewhere. It didn't just uh, drift up into the heavens, right? So that debris was somewhere on that racetrack. I, if I'm running the tower, I'm throwing the caution there. But look, we're going to debate this 10 more times this year on whether or not caution should or shouldn't happen in different scenarios. And it's obviously a lot of pressure from the booth. I don't know how many people are actually engaged in that conversation. Clearly, we know that the race director is is involved. The Cup Series director is involved. Uh, I, I'd, I'd love to know who all has a say in whether or not the caution is thrown. And if just one of them says, put it out, does the whole freaking place say put it out? I don't know. <laughs> I, maybe maybe they'll give us some insight on that. Hey. He never he uh, the difference though in those two are one kept rolling really quickly like the forty one he hit the wall and he was still pointed straight yeah Kyle was spinning out Kyle was spinning out down to the inside I don't uh, I don't he never spun though he just slow sideways and then corrected it and took off okay well I mean yeah I guess that's probably 
honestly, they probably just look. It's a reaction for them. They like, probably they look weren't down looking. and they see Kyle sideways. Oh, hit the button. You know what I mean? Like, they probably weren't looking on the straightaway for yeah. like where you guys would have hit because you don't normally think there's a wreck oh, yeah. there. And it was probably over before they saw well, it. We saw it. Was it last? When did Eric hit the wall? Armorola? Was that last week? He um, pounded the wall in turn, oh, yeah. in turn one. Yep. And it was a lap before they threw the yellow because I just think yeah. he wasn't mid pack or, or yeah. further back. And I don't think they ever saw it. But, you know, it's just like we just say, whatever. How come, it's, uh, as long as it's consistent. How come the um, aftermath on Pit Road isn't a spot on or spot off? What do you mean? What do you mean? With uh, Kyle and Ross. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, they got into it after the race down there. Because I guess Ross. I thought it was funny how while while they were arguing, TJ, that Ross like had his hands crossed and behind his back, like. But he's wearing a face mask, so you could stand there and look like you're playing the role of a gentleman with your hands behind your back, insinuating that under no circumstance do I want physical confrontation. But with the mask up, it's like he could have been like, "Fuck you, Kyle, kiss my ass." Like you don't really know what's being said in that situation with these masks. So I kind of thought it was, I thought I thought it was like watching a comedy, man. Uh, but I would love to know. You know, what was said, it was obvious that Kyle was extremely frustrated and blaming Ross for something, and, and Ross was just uh, – the mannerisms there were, were pretty epic. I don't think we'll see a funnier situation happen between two guys that don't get physical than that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe we need clear masks or something. <laughs> maybe We need I, subtitles. I, you have to have subtitles. You know, the – and uh, we're off topic here, but, you know, this is uh, – I, I don't know if I'm – like, do you think it's good for Ross being these in these uh, type of um, situations, or or is it bad? Is it you know is it bad attention right now? Here's the thing, man. How many top tens do you have? And if you can hang your hat on a bunch of top tens, I think you arguing with Kyle Busch is a good thing. But if you're not up there, you know, contending to finish top ten in these stages, we know how valuable those points are. We know how relevant that conversation is for the broadcast. Uh, and same goes with the end of the race, right? So um, look at your stats. And if you deserve to be arguing with Kyle Busch, then go for it. If not, I, I think you're probably – what you're insinuating is probably right that – you don't. You're not. You're not doing yourself any favor putting yourself in that situation. But we saw it a couple of weeks ago with the block that he threw on the 21. We've talked about this for years on this show about how aggressive Ross races, and at this level, these guys are going to get sick of it, and they're going to wreck him, and they're going to pay him back. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how this year goes, and to see whether or not him and his spotter work together to stay calm, stay out of people's way when it's not the time to be battling guys. And, and as you've as we've said many times on this show, not make any enemies for the wrong reasons yeah that's the thing you don't you don't want to make the enemies right now right now ross has got a solid deal and he should be trying to trying to chip away at top 10s top 15s and working on that stuff and just this kind of throws a just negative negative uh attention kind of nobody drives harder than ross chastain but there are a lot of guys that drive smarter and he's got to figure out that balance. And look, I've spotted races for him. I've won races with him, a race with him, not races. Um, it, it's, it's, he's going to have this cup. He's now in the cup series. You know, ask Chase Briscoe what the differences are. I bet he'll tell you real quick. Remember how easily he was winning races last year in that car? And, and now he can't find a top 10 to save his life, right? So um, it, this is the cup series. This is the hardest form of motorsports in the world to go out and be competitive and win and run top 10. And, and, and it's, I mean, I don't know, man. You, you got to make your conversation your rookie year about that, not a bunch of off-track incidents. Not that Ross is a rookie, but you know what I'm saying. This is his first time in a car that's competitive. He's run some cars that uh, 
I mean, they're outside the top 30 almost every time you strapped in them. So he's got to make the most of this deal. All right, we want to welcome a new sponsor to our Door Bumper Clear podcast, RacingUSA.com. As Google's top-rated source for NASCAR merchandise, RacingUSA.com has a wide assortment of driver diecast, hats, apparel, helmets, and novelties for the sport's most popular drivers. I love RacingUSA.com, and I go all the time because they got over 500 different collectible diecast cars available with 37 different drivers, including this weekend's Phoenix winner, Martin Truex Jr. Yeah, RacingUSA.com is truly unique. They automatically discount items in your cart so you get the best price. They offer free upgrades to expedite shipping. They guarantee the lowest pre-order prices. They ship all in-stock orders the next business day. And as an added bonus, you can enter to win this month's $200 gift card. I ship my racing merchandise, so whenever you want something new to show your support for your favorite driver, shop RacingUSA.com. America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise for more than 20 years. Phoenix as the championship track moving forward. Spot on, spot off. Brett. I got to say spot off here. I mean, when I look at the five races that we've run this season in the Xfinity and the Cup Series, I hate to say this because it wasn't a bad Phoenix race, but it still ranks last in terms of entertainment and the ability to actually go out there and race, race hard, race side by side and put on a great show. Track position was still king. And, and man, I, I have to say that Chase Elliott, I don't know what in the hell he did between Phoenix at the last race of the year and the four races in between, but um, he could have lapped the field the last time we were there. And then yesterday uh, he, he ran – what, top seven probably. I know one time he had a decent run, but after he got up there in the top three or four, everybody drove right by by him. So um, there's just not enough drama there, man. Give me Bristol. Give me Martinsville. I mean, give me Vegas after this race we just saw in Vegas, right? So I think if I'm NASCAR, I'm watching these races very closely in the first half of this year, and that's how I pick my championship race in 2022. TJ. Man, it, it it's hard to – not that it's growing on me, but that that I thought that was a solid race. The only thing that makes these that would the championship race last year for the Xfinity race was off the charts good at the end of the race. Truck race off the charts. You know why those? Because they had the green white checker at the end. Um, I mean, that's it's hard to go off just a green white checker, but that's what made those races really exciting. It. it bunch everybody up and we hey here you go you guys are all right here go get it and it just i don't know it's hard for me to keep you know wanting to go back to a a place like that i know we're fast there and i like our odds but i i like you know i still man homestead just to me is the perfect racetrack it's the perfect it's the perfect place i know you like moving around but it's the perfect scene you know you got the the miami you got you're in a warm climate it's just i mean a, a great racetrack to me i love homestead yeah you in my opinion you can't go to a single lane racetrack for your championship race and that track yesterday was super lane dependent no matter how good the racing was and you know or better than previous races there it's still a single lane dependent racetrack and like you said, okay, yeah, I'm, sign me up. If you want to tell me there's going to be a comp caution with three to go every year, okay, that's fine because you know 
miraculously every year the last race, the final four, run top four all race for some reason. Um, so, you know, you got your top four championship guys there. Let them, let them go wreck each other on a green-white checker. That's the only reason, like you said, why the truck race was so great there last year and the Xfinity race was so great there last year. The cup race, Chase was checking out, gone, race over. Um, so, you know, I, I just I think the other thing too, Freddie, you got to realize is, and, and this is probably worth talking about, next year is a brand new car. We don't know how it's going to race. And of all the tracks that we go to, Phoenix is, like you said, I mean, they initially built Phoenix for Indy cars. They didn't build them for stock cars. Now, they made some changes to it to help the racing for stock cars. But when you look at a brand new car with that style of racetrack, I'd be worried if I were NASCAR about the entertainment value of that. I would certainly look to those places where we know it's going to be high energy. That's obviously the plate races. That's Bristol. It's Martinsville. It's Richmond. Um, man, I don't. I, it's it's Homestead to TJ's point. Uh, I think that has to be a part of the thought process. Is We've got a brand new car. Which track is our best track? No matter what car we've had in the past, and go with that. Yeah, because we've seen how many different packages now at Phoenix, and it's no passing or really hard to pass. You know, this package, the last five packages, it's the same. So it's just the way that place is. It's a similar. You talk about being built for Indy cars. That's why Indianapolis Motor Speedway doesn't work for us because it's built for Indy cars. It's a single lane racetrack. You can't get. You can't move around. Just like you don't. You don't see a lot of side by side racing in Indy car ever because they can't do it. Just we go, we go, we go to New Hampshire, man, and those modifieds put on a hell of a race. And you put the Cup cars out there, they look very similar to what they look like at Phoenix. Both of them look very similar too. to what they look yeah. like at Indy. Indy cars, even though at Indy they're running eighty miles an hour faster, it's still not a good freaking race. We can't do it that's why we're switching to the road course so if i'm nascar i'm sitting in that room and i'm going which racetracks are our most exciting that's the list that i'm going to work off of to keep narrowing it down and get to where i want to end the season i mean i at some point whether it's before me or me and freddie are retired or not but i could see it going to daytona i, I mean i could too i think I think I mean that's your most ex- if you want fans on the edge of their seat, determined a champion. That's where you want to go. Obviously, I'm I'm a little bit more of a purist, and I would absolutely hate. Can we not that. talk about the end of the Daytona race. Can we just move to the next. I subject? mean, they will <laughs> literally all wreck before like, yeah, like all I, four I, cars. Like, what do you do? Like, okay, you're at Daytona now. What do you do if your four guys are in the big one? Whoever you can't come out of the garage anymore. So. Whoever was running higher the rut lap before that is your champion. Like, but that could happen at Phoenix. That could happen. At, I mean, that it, could happen the, anywhere. The odds of it are a Obviously, lot higher yeah. at Daytona. At a super speedway, yeah. But here's the deal: don't try four wide moves I, and stuff. Here's I mean. your deal: go to go to Martinsville. Martinsville, I think, would be the ideal last race because even Bristol. Bristol's a great race, obviously, but even Bristol can, Bristol can get to be hard to pass one lane. You know, kind of a little bit. I think Martinsville, if you're better than the guy in front of you, you can get around him. Or you can move him. You know, it's slow Bristol's enough even you can have contact. Move. Yeah, you could like I think Martinsville, if you're not if you're homestead is ideal for me. It's always been ideal for me. You can run anywhere on the racetrack. Some guys can make grooves work that other guys can't to you know compensate for their car maybe. Um I think homestead is the top choice. If you want to go mile and a half racing, that's where we gotta be. But if you want the best product package wise, every Let's go to Martinsville and close the year out on a short track. Let somebody go in the corner and boot the guy out of the way like TJ did to poor Martin a couple years ago. And I don't and, know what you're talking about. win the race. So, I mean, if that's what you're going to do, but the, I, you'll, you're, you're going to have a hard time selling me on Phoenix as our best option. I, I see it always being a track owned by NASCAR. So Martinsville would probably be a good one. But what about Richmond? 
No. Too fat. I mean, you can't. It's same as it's yeah. similar to Phoenix, really. I mean, what's well, similar you can to move Bristol? A little bit. Yeah, it's similar. It's closer to Bristol, probably. You can move around a little bit, but I feel like Martinsville is the premium short track that we have. To, to race How about a dirt race at Bristol? Want to do that at the end of the season? <laughs> I'll tell you why That's Martinsville's good during the day or at night. Martinsville's the slowest. I want to run it during the day. I want to be the first dirt track race ever, prime to big big dirt track race ever to be run during the day for a championship. That'd be uh, that, that's what I vote. Dude, it's it's so funny when your video lags a little bit and then it catches up. It looks like you're in fast forward, like your face. You're like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> anyway, Martinsville's the slowest track on the circuit. Yeah, right, and it has very little banking to it. So you know that if you go down into this corner and you hit this guy. If you don't do it good enough for the right way, he's going to be coming back. So Martinsville is probably my favorite track that we go to. Me too. Mike Joy's response to our opinion on his hot take. Jason, you read that? Yeah, Mike responded to someone that tweeted saying, Brett, spot on. Then Mike Joy said, blind obvious. Anyone who wants to race (laughs) needs funding to get on track, compete, and progress. They missed the point. Develop and show some respect for the efforts and experience of others. I don't aim it at any other at any one driver. Please go back and reread the thread. Thanks. So, so my well, I should probably let Brett go first. But my reaction here is, you can say whatever you want, but that last sentence when you said it was not aimed at any other driver, I'm sorry, Mike, you're full of <laughs> like because <laughs> your next tweet That's after that was he's lying. <laughs> your next tweet after that was how hard David Starr works in the sport. So I see a correlation in the thread somewhere. It's obvious he's talking about Noah Gragson. Admit it. Like, I do a lot of dumb but I'm man enough to admit it, right? And and the fact that he came at us and said that it wasn't about one guy, come on, Mike, man. Nah, come on. What an idiot. Listen, I've had I've actually had a conversation with Noah because we were we were pretty rough on here about Noah last year, but I felt like he kind of gave us reasons. And he we we ran into each other somewhere and he's like, Man, y'all gonna ever stop talking about me on your podcast? And I said, as soon as you stop doing dumb I promise you, we'll stop talking about you. But, like, we own it. You know what I mean? Like, we're not going to sit here and go, oh, there's a certain driver out there that if I wish he would stop doing dumb stuff. Like, no. We're going to say what it is. And that's what – you were calling a guy out. You can deny it all you want. But the correlation in your next couple tweets was obvious who you were talking about. Everybody knows who you were talking about, so own it. And then, you know, whatever. It's just – it is what it is. Everybody can have their opinion about what he said. And everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But – when you say I wasn't talking about anybody in particular, that kind of throws the throws me off a little bit. I think um, I know where Mike's coming from on it because back in the day, I mean, Davis Starr, when you went to Texas in the Truck Series, and he's in that seventy-five truck, he won a handful of races there, and was actually a. I mean, people like people nowadays that have joined here in the re- recent years don't really know. Like Davis Starr was pretty good. And especially in the truck. So series. was Morgan Shepard, TJ. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. Everybody's had their time, but as you could, you know, I'm not. Mike probably also doesn't see at times. You know, there's sometimes the things have changed now, and David might not. You know, he's not in the best equipment now, and things aren't handling as good, and and you know, he's in spots he probably doesn't want to be in sometimes. But you know, I don't. Uh, it, the, everything's evolved a certain way and it's not going to go back to how it used to be. But uh, I definitely see where Mike's coming from on it, but I definitely think it was also directed directly at <laughs> Noah. One guy. <laughs> Ironic timing if he's not trying to yeah. talk about I'm Noah. I'm glad Noah does some dumb stuff because he gives us something to talk about. 
I'm glad Mike watched the video clip, man. Thanks for being a viewer. Thanks for the tweet. That, that got us some extra views, I bet. Spot on, spot off. The Nashville mayor signs a letter of intent with SMI to renovate the Nashville fairgrounds. And now two tracks and two owners want races in Nashville. Ow. Spot on, spot off, Freddie. Uh, you know, I don't know how you rectify this if, if the people from Dover really want to be in Nashville. I think the best option for a fan side, for our side of things, I would love to see the second, that Nashville race go back to Dover for a second race because I would love Dover. Um, go take that race back to Dover, run the fairgrounds as our Nashville race, but then you got to look at who loses a date for the Nashville race. It's got to be an SMI track, you would think. I mean, are we talking we're not going back to Sonoma? Are we talking now we're only going to go to Atlanta once after we, Atlanta just got a second date? Are you going to take Loudon off the schedule, which I think would be a bad move? So, you know, ideally, I think you want to go to the fairgrounds. I think I would love to see that sec, that super, Nashville Super Speedway race go back to Dover. But then you're talking about giving up something somewhere, and I don't know. We need uh, we need to run the fairgrounds 100%. Oh, yeah. And if this uh, Grand Prix stuff goes well, I'm not opposed to even trying that at some point. But – I just think those are the fairgrounds to me are going to create a great race. Yeah. For we talk about short track. I think, I think the super speedway race is going to be kind of similar to what we see other places. So now you're talking about package wise. I think the fairgrounds lends itself way better to our cars, but obviously it'll be a totally different. Package. Which press conference did you see Dale jr. At did you see him at the one with Marcus Smith, or did you see him at the one with the Dover guys? I believe it was the one with Marcus. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you who's going to win this war. <laughs> it's going to be the guy that's got Dale Jr. standing in his corner, and it's going to be the guy with the last name Smith, whose dad is Bruton, who is a billionaire. Uh, I don't care how it happens. I don't care when it happens. You're going to find out that Dover is in a pissing match in Nashville, which is a market we need to be in, and Dover, unfortunately, is likely going to lose. I, I mean, I agree. Um that's one of Freddie's home tracks, so he's a little biased. No, I mean, no, I like. I mean, it's not really. I just like Dover. I like the racetrack. I think you know when we get the package right, it's one of the better races, um, and it's it's a different racetrack than what we go to. You know, I don't want to go similar to racetrack. High horsepower, low downforce. What great a race, great, Dover. Get the tires, get the tires, <laughs> get the tires, I, I, tires wear Freddie, out. I, I think I could be wrong about this, but I think what happens is Marcus Smith somehow or another cuts a deal with Dover for this date and he ends up being the owner and promoter of that nashville track now does that mean they do a profit sharing deal does that mean that marcus outright gives him a huge lump sum of money i don't know how that's going to work but i think marcus smith and his group who oh by the way i've said it they're billionaires they're going to figure out a way to get this track with their friend dale jr over to the fair that billion would it be big b big old b uh i agree and like i said i i don't I would like to go back to Dover <laughs> twice or, like you said, see that second that, that Nashville date, stay the Nashville date and go to the fairgrounds. I would just hate to get the Nashville date and have to lose a race like Loudon. Because if I had to guess, that's probably your first one on the chopping block if you're gonna if you're gonna replace them. We interrupt this door bumper clear podcast to give you this great important message from Filter Time. Dude, it's been two years since you actually joined the business with Blake Cook. So he started this company 
And he said, I want. I was wondering if you'd help me, uh, you know, promote it so on social media and so forth. And I was like, all right. So he told me the story. He's like, man, I was going to go to the store and buy some air filters. And I ended up going to the store and buying about $150 worth of stuff and no air filters. I got home and I didn't even have what I went to go for. But we're pretty, uh, pretty happy with the growth that we have in the space. And one of the things that I think is responsible for that is Blake's attention to detail up until recently. Like he's been everything in this company especially when it comes to customer service. Uh, if anybody had any kind of issues, he would be the one that would email them. He would be the one that would call them. And he would call customers just to say thanks. Mm-hmm. You know, Blake is the kind of guy that's always got a smile on his face, works hard, has great charm, and I knew this was going to work. And I said, look, instead of just promoting this with you, let's be partners. Let me help you. Uh, I want to be a part of this because I know this is going to win. This is going to succeed. I think it's uh, never a bad time for people to get on board with this thing. You never have to think about, you know, buying filters again. They come to you. It just takes all of the work right out of it. Dale, tell them how they can get to it. Go to filtertime.com slash Dale Jr. All right. Filtertime.com slash Dale Jr. And first time customers can get 20% off their first order. All right, let's head into Reaction Theater. Hey, I want to talk about Bubba Wallace's day with McDonald's on the hood. It's kind of like when I eat McDonald's. Either A, get the runs really fast, or B, you get backed up. Hell of a job, Freddie. Keep it up. <laughs> I don't really what know what he's talking about, but he said I got a job. I must have so irritable small. bowel syndrome. <laughs> it sounds like he needs to stay away from McDonald's. I can, yeah. I can agree with his last statement. That was all. Call number two. TJ Majors, you're a f***ing idiot. I don't know why in the f*** you'd want a spot for Joey Logano. You went from spotting from the most popular driver to the most hated. You're a f***ing idiot. I'll say it again. I don't even know why you're on the podcast. Because you suck. Remember when you said that you weren't on spot on, spot off, and that you finally didn't get a ton of well, here we go. This, I could. You want me to give this guy? There's thousands of reasons why TJ spot for Joe Logano. Yeah, yeah, thousands and I mean, thousands of reasons. <laughs> you know, you want to go and and you know Joey had pursued me before. Uh, I actually turned him down to go work with him uh, one time. I turned him down to stay with Dell Jr. and it was thousands of reasons more um <laughs> and i turned it down because i didn't feel right doing it and that's something that a, a lot of people in the sport probably wouldn't have done but i at the end of the day i turned it down because I, I i didn't feel right at the end of the i was sitting there i was actually driving to disney and with my wife and she's sitting there and i'm like you know what i just can't do it i don't feel right it just didn't it just didn't sit right with me so i turned it down and uh Joey's been great, man. I mean, he he's a studier. He's a worker. He races hard. He's you might not like the way he races, but Joey is really good. He's aggressive, and working with spotting for aggressive drivers that are that are fast is fun. I mean, Brett, you guys know when you're up there mixing it up, and your guy's not afraid to do what it takes to to get the win. That that's fun. I know your guy must have been on the wrong end of that stick a couple times. That's why you called and decided to leave this message, but. There's thousands of reasons why I can keep going on about this right here. I've got, you know, we're we've been up front. Of, we've won. I've won a lot of races since I've been at Penske already. I, I don't know how many we've won out uh, outright, but winning is fun. It doesn't suck. 
Con number three. Hey, y'all. I just wanted to say I love the show. You guys really make my Tuesday mornings, at least when Donkey over there can be asked to upload the episodes on time. But I do have a question for Brett Griffin over there. Um, after listening to last week's episode, how do you wear pants, bud? I mean, I've come to the conclusion that you must uh, have cojones the size of f***ing beach balls uh, to criticize other drivers about spinning out intentionally. I just hope that uh, old AJ doesn't get an itchy arm the next time he's out on track. <laughs> Is it hot in there? <laughs> who? Hey, dude, I don't know who you are, but your accent sucks. That's all you got that's, for this guy? That's it? That's, that's, that's it? That's that's weak. That's all I got. I couldn't hardly understand what he was saying because his accent's so bad. I disagree. What, what did he grinning. say about my balls? He said I got big balls or little balls. He said you got big balls because you He's, called somebody yeah. out for spinning out on purpose. When, beach beach size. When you might have beach done ball it, size. And you might have done it in the past. <laughs> I've never spun funny. out on purpose. <laughs> this guy was pretty funny, man. <laughs> uh, I know you could hear it because you were grinning. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I don't, know what, "I don't know what he's talking about." <laughs> it's getting hot in there. What? You, you, you miss an op- You miss an opportunity just to go. Nope. <laughs> nope. Um, man, uh, thanks for calling, dude. I'm glad you think I got big balls. <laughs> That's all he took from that conversation. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Next call. Santino in Ferrucci. There's a reason why the other IndyCar drivers called him the most punchable face in IndyCar before he left. But spot on for Barry with the double barrel birds. Holla. That's a that's a junior motorsports <laughs> fan for sure. Yeah. I honestly fans think Santino's it, run fans, fairly well. Fans, yeah, fans love that stuff. Hey, Santino, it's emotion. Santino's been good. I thought like, Santino's been I Yeah, he hasn't destroyed himself every week. I mean he's been I thought I've been I think he's doing pretty good. Oh, boy. This guy was a nightmare yesterday. Go ahead. So we're five races into the season, and I'm trying to figure out what's more amazing, that we have five different winners in the five weeks of racing, or that Jamie McMurray is still ahead of Quinn Half in the points. Didn't, who did we play this game with last? Was it Larson? It was Larson. It, was Larson. it took him like three quarters of the year to pass Larson it took after him, four yeah, races. Yeah, it was a long time. <laughs> He was damn. He was in the way yesterday again. Like I this, and I think I might have said it last week or the week before. If you're a lap car, and the leaders are coming, and I don't know if the spotter says it. Hey, leaders are coming. They're all running the edge of the grip. Like, why do you want to put yourself in the way? And even a guy that you praise a lot, that's usually really good. He was rough yesterday. Right? Was he in, driving? I didn't know if it was. Yeah, in, he was I, in there. Yeah. I like mean, I, he, but he's smart enough to know. Like, if you're there, he'll kind of. Like no. back out, like no, no, was. no, he didn't do it. Uh, it was off of four the whole way down the straightaway, and even made us like we had to close in. We had to go. It we were inside into one. So I just don't understand why. You, like I get it, you're trying to get the most out of your race, but it's like just small groups. Like when everything's spread out like that, it's easy to move down for a corner or something like that. It's, and honestly, it costs some people some positions again because. When they catch you off the corner, they got to check up, and that gives the guy behind them a run. And I guess that's part of it. So, but why did why? How did we pronounce this guy's name wrong for so long? I listened yesterday to driver intros, and they pronounced it Quinn Half. How did how we owe this guy an apology? We've been f- the wrong guy for two years. 
<laughs> huff sounds better. You go huff the magic dragon, out, whatever. Like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. All right, All right. we'll stick with Quinn Huff then. <laughs> you guys are so rude. I don't know. Why don't we just ask him? How, <laughs> yeah. Can we not just ask him how to pronounce it? We should just have him on here. What? A, yeah. No. I'm, yeah. No. Oh, that'll go amazingly well. Yeah, that'll be. Huge. That would have went that'll as well, well as it. That'll as, be a three-hour episode once hey, Jason's done editing it. Just so you know, and I, I don't know if we told Brett or not, but we almost had uh, what's his name come here and do a show with us, but we weren't sure if s- safety reasons that it was a good idea. It was like in the works of starting to happen. Uh, Mike Harmon. As yes. long as he keeps his hands below his waist, we would not have had any problems. We were going to get Mike Harmon on here waist. to surprise Brett the after. <laughs> God, that was awesome. Oh, Who else we poor got? guy. We Next should, one. Jason, we you're right, Jason. It. These are good this week. I see Joey's already on Twitter complaining about how finishing second sucks. Well, how about next week at Atlanta? You do us all a favor and put her in the damn fence. <laughs> What's Tweeter? <laughs> I mean, I, you know, we sit here and praise guys for being mad for not winning, and like I'm okay with a guy not being happy with second. The guy wants to win, when and I want to win too. So he's got that drive to still want to win he's, he's pissed off and that's a uh, he's not happy so i hope he goes to atlanta and whoever your favorite driver is i hope we wear him out <laughs> next right. one last one yo what's up fellas man i hope all is good man i just gotta say a few things i feel like and i feel like brett's probably forgot more about nascar man than most people know freddie man i want to see you get bubba up front man do you need me to come and help you change some tires and the tj <laughs> man you do so much blocking man i just hope Everybody gets sick of it and starts wrecking your ass. I feel like that voice <laughs> sounds really familiar. It's John from Who's Minnesota. It? It's John from Minnesota, but he sounds a lot like a guy that I was hanging out with this weekend. It's weird. John. <laughs> I love John's. Nice name. <laughs> uh, I was waiting for somebody to put, do this. I figured it was going to be you first. I think Chris Rice called in a couple I had weeks to, ago. I had to, did he? I think so, because he he was just like TJ sucks. <laughs> I feel like him. there could be a few people There's who would so say many, that. That might have yeah. been me. It could have been Brad. <laughs> it might have been Dillner. <laughs> the only reason I, I knew that was a new T-shirt that literally says TJ sucks. I think if you make that shirt, then it'll sell like hotcakes. For I mean, a donation, we should do it. Oh, you you were John. I'm gonna make you a shirt. That just has my name is John on it. <laughs> the only reason I knew that was Brett because I could hear the ice in his glass clinking around in the background. <laughs> I actually did it driving back from the racetrack, so there wasn't any ice in my glass. I, well, I tweeted out for people to do it, and I was like, "Well, man, I need to see if this uh, this app how it works." So it was really easy. So if you're listening to this podcast, leaving a note on Reaction Theater is probably the easiest thing you'll do all year. Yeah, Casey, tell them how to do it. Oh, yeah. So to leave an audio message 24-7, go to anchor.fm backslash clear and click the message icon. We'll play the best ones each week on the show, and these have been pretty great, so I can't wait to see who tops it next. Hey, I, I want to ask Brett's opinion on something. Yesterday we had... We had the lineup set. You know, they do their deal. This this car starting here. Well, and I told Freddie, we talked a little bit about it before the race. We had so many cars in the outside lane that the 10th place guy started fourth because of wow. guys not passing tech. To, do you think that's right? 
uh, you know like what, if you TJ, don't pass I tech, don't, I, I don't think it's right. I, I think that's uh, I think that's that needs to be looked at, and I think you just change the entire lineup one position at the time. It's it's different, um, especially man with no qualifying. Like I mean, it, it's just there's no practice, there's no qualifying, there's no chance for these teams really to get their tech right right off the truck. Sometimes I mean, normally if you unload and you're about to go out for the first practice and you can't get through tech, right? They let you out by with a safety inspection, but you got a couple of days to work on it. If just the fact that you qualified 10th and you and you really didn't qualify 10th, you ultimately drew the 10th spot based on their averaging system. So I think if you qualify 10th and five guys drop out, uh, you should go to 5th. You know, you shouldn't get to go um, all the way to 4th just because you're in the right line. That does not make sense to me. Not to start yeah, the race. I mean, the 10th place qualifier by their standards shouldn't start in front of the fifth place qualifier it should move yeah. if that guy fails tech it should move it should reset the lineup prior to the race absolutely not, it's like you got dq'd and everybody else moves up one spot yeah if it's pre-race tech where we're, the cars aren't even on the grid yet you know then yeah put the guy to the back like well you're not what's the difference you know what i mean except i mean well yeah, put the guy to the back, but it's just dumb luck. I'm saying, I'm saying, you're right. Put the guy to the back, but move everyone just, up. Yeah, just don't. I mean, change the lineup. Like, the, don't. Yeah, don't put them in a row and then move the row forward. Because, like you said, it's dumb luck. Just happened yesterday. There was three guys on that outside line. So now the guys on the bottom are getting screwed because the whole outside line just moved up three or four rows. So honestly, it probably got Blaney a stage win in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, he was top. What did he start fourth? He started right? fourth. Was going to start tenth. Yeah. So I mean, his car was quick in the beginning. Not, he might have still got there, but. That's a six fast cars you got to pass, you know. Yep. I was just curious on that. I think there can be some adjusting Speak, to that. Speaking of failing tech, it's weird. We talked about how fast the uh, Hendrick cars have been. Let's start the year, and then they all went ahead and failed tech this week. It's it, that seems to happen when cars start to stand out with speed. They start taking a little bit closer look, and and it was all of them, right? Or the forty eight. Well, did, he passed tech, but I felt like he was he was pretty average compared to how he normally runs there. Um, I know they, they, they had, were fast still. I know they had Todd Parrott on on Dale Jr. download, and I have not listened yet. And and Todd Parrott of all the crew chiefs I've worked with is still hands down my favorite guy to work with. I love that guy to death. Um, but I'd be curious to know if 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 Todd would have talked about how teams tattletale on other teams, Freddie, right? So you know how it is, man. These guys are all friends, and they find out that one car's doing something he shouldn't be doing, and literally what happens is that team will go to a NASCAR official and say, hey, you need to look at this particular part on the right front of this organization's cars. So you're right. NASCAR certainly could have tightened the tolerances, um, seeing how fast some of the Hendrick cars have been, but they also could have got told on. Yeah, and we saw that last year. There was allegedly some people with uh, weight, in the seat for pre-race tech that was coming out before <laughs> the race that we think that some people were tattling on and, and a couple guys got busted with, but you're absolutely right that the, the garage kind of polices itself at times too. I just wonder if there's a, some sort of, it seems to be a system now that when a guy fails tech, you know, when a fast top five car fails tech, he goes to the back, but he's immediately, I mean, like the five was 14th at lap 30. 14th at lap 30. So is there some sort bring, of system? Bring 10 illegal things to the track, so you hope they only find five of them. I mean, like, like Cole Pern said, do you bring <laughs> you bring 10 things and really push one area when you know you're gaining your speed in this other area where they're not going to check? Like, It just seems to be a pretty a pretty common thing now with, with some, some uh, teams. 
With too many rules, the box is too small. I think NASCAR was built well, on think. being pioneered, and and I like it where you run what you brung, man. I, I'm a big fan of letting these engineers get out of these small boxes. If I got the smarter guy and my car is faster than yours, I'm not one to seek all this parity that we've been after, right? So um, a lot of rules, man, a lot of tight tolerances, and um, I don't know, man. As you keep doing these things, I just think you, 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 you make – what these brainiacs do for a living to make these cars go fast. Like you just, you just keep making them less and less important, or maybe you make them more important because they got to work so much harder to try to find that edge. I don't know. Offer pad question of the week. If you could add one feature of Denny Hamlin's house to your home, what would it be? And I would like to take the entire house. Let me start off by saying that. TJ. Uh, I mean, I don't even know where to start. First of all, I wouldn't want anything Denny's already lived in. Um, <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. I, knew, I was wait. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I Denny's got his bedroom. I guess is the size of most regular houses. So, but I'd just take the basketball gym. It's nice, Freddie. Um, I know Freddie has nothing to do with the gym. The bar. <laughs> He's got a pretty bad. It's, it's, that whole room there is ridiculous. It's got like you could. It's a bar. There's a golf simulator. There's like a cool sitting area. His three race cars are sitting there like in a glassed-in room right next to you. Just give me that room. Maybe not his cars, although he's great. Hopefully we'll put some of our own cars in there. But uh, that that whole area there is, is pretty ridiculous. Has Danny put his alpha, uh, house with offer pad yet? <laughs> so, so I have got to say I want the boat dock in the boat because – and I know that's not at the house – but it's part of the property. It's deeded to the property. Uh, he's got one of the coolest boats on Lake Norman, and I can have a damn good time on a boat. I've seen. So does do that it. mean you want the the uh, helipad with it I'm too? Con- I'm helicopter? confused because I've seen us have a hell of a time on your old pontoon boat. I don't think we really need Denny's monster of boat. Well, Denny Freddie, we can actually take that normal. boat and we can put it on an eighteen wheeler and we can take it to the intercoastal waterway and we can go anywhere in the world we want to go. We can't do that on my pontoon boat. <laughs> uh, well, I felt like we were anywhere we wanted to go those couple times. <laughs> I just hope I'm around when Denny has the yard sale one day, the garage uh. sale. Time to get into our Xfinity XFi more than fast moments from Phoenix. Just like Xfinity XFi, it takes more than speed to compete in NASCAR. Where did you see moments of teamwork, close calls, and solid communication this week? Brett. Wow, the guy won the race, man, Martin Truex. I saw him struggling to start uh, the first of those 312 laps that he had to run yesterday to bring it home. So I've got to go with Martin Truex and his crew because they made exceptional changes. And this is rare. This is very rare. But the fastest car won the race. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you because I saw, and even Martin, I think, referenced it in his post-race interview that he thought he had a 15th place car to start the race off. And... And, man, they made it better, obviously, because he was the rocket ship at the end there. But my more-than-fast moment is going to go to a couple of guys that we had the same plan that they actually executed when I in the Xfinity race. Uh, mine's going to Ty Gibbs and Brandon Brown and a couple other guys that were on the inside line on that final restart when I don't, there was another car that went in there and kind of moved up the top lane. I don't know who it was. It might have been the 10 car. Um, but we had talked about that exact same thing, choosing the bottom because somebody's going to go in there and clean the top lane out. I didn't think it was going to be us, 
But unfortunately, it was. And we were inside Ty, and Ty kind of let us go and turned back underneath us and took off. And him and Brandon Brown ended up second and third. So that's my my moment of them to be smart enough to hook the bottom there and and, and get back up front. Your moment should have been Jeb pissing. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did right then. <laughs> my more than fast moment is going to be the 22 pit crew. They gained four spots on pit road in that last stop and were able to put us in the lead and have a shot at winning the race. Our pit crew was awesome all day. And, you know, those guys, it takes a whole team, and that's a big part of it. So those guys get it from me this week. Here on DBC, it's always about being more than fast. Martin Truex Jr. is this week's Dorp Upper Clear Xfinity X5 more than fast moment winner. What else is more than fast? Xfinity X5. It delivers the speed your devices need, plus reliability to keep your crew connected and protected. On the track, more than fast means you've got the speed, strategy, grit, and teamwork to win. With Xfinity X5, you can do more of what you love with faster internet and a powerful, secure connection. Follow at Xfinity Racing on Twitter for more Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. You can even vote for your favorite each week. Thanks to Xfinity, premier partner of NASCAR. What an idiot. Time for Brett's favorite segment of the week. What an idiot. Brett, who takes this week's What an Idiot Award? I think I gave it out earlier in the show. Mike Joy, I love you, man. You do a great job in the booth. You're a great ambassador for our sport. You love Barrett Jackson. Uh, You love to buy and sell cars, man. I got a ton of respect for you. But you got to own the Noah Gregson call out. What an idiot. TJ. I got to give it to anybody who thought that when Martin Truex hit the wall in the beginning of the race that he was done for the day. Because if there's anybody that can adjust a car and fix a car after it's been crashed, like Martinsville, when they saw the hole right front off the car so they could cool the tire down and he could be super fast the rest of the race, if you don't think those guys can get a car tuned up after some damage, you're an idiot. (laughs) Ready. I'm going to go with the guy that's continuing to decide that we need comp cautions in the truck and Xfinity series because we throw a caution 20 laps into the race and nobody comes down pit road. So I don't see a reason for him. So who, if we're going to continue that, then you're an idiot. My driver needs it. You need to stop with that stuff. What? Tra- oh, yeah, yours might. We need track time. You need to, you need to calm down. <laughs> you need track time. You need to stay green then. <laughs> no, we need, to, we, need to, exactly. we need that yellow center lead lap. <laughs> Hey, first of all, if it, the, the series doesn't want to pay $2,000 for another set of tires, right? The owners don't want to do that, and they don't need to pit. So we don't need the cautions. I agree with I, I agree with both of you guys on that because there's no team better than Martin Truex's. And, and look, the tolerance has kind of changed. If you've been in an accident, NASCAR has to realize that in post-race tech. So TJ's on his game. Freddie, you're on your game too, Freddie's man. Freddie's on his game so much that he's usually the comp caution in the truck series. <laughs> Lately, it's been a disaster. <laughs> the 19th. 19- <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> I'm part of that Ben Rhodes jinx now. All of a sudden, everything's gone bad for everybody that left Ben Rhodes. <laughs> hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. 
Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like, I like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans in Reaction Theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Time for DVC picks. TJ, you won with Denny Hamlin after Phoenix. What a great pick. I know, man. Solid. I just picked Denny again. (laughs) (laughs) But Freddie does still lead with a score of three to one to one. Freddie, you are first. Man, I want to pick this guy, but he ain't been very good lately. But I don't yeah, think I, I could get away from him. He wants Harvick. Kevin Harvick. Yep. Brett. That's a good pick, Freddie. That's a good pick. But he's not going to outrun my guy. I'm going with the two car, Brad Keselowski. TJ. I'm actually feeling a little bit of uh, Ryan Blaney this weekend. Ooh. What can we expect in Atlanta? What what should we look out for? Tire wear, yeah, tire, tire wear, tire wear. Hallelujah. You're going to see a lot of guys getting loose in three and four when their lefts are on the yellow line and they hit the bumps. You're going to uh, see Kevin Harvick lift the start-finish line, hook the bottom of turn one and two, and not understand how he's yeah. a half a second faster than everybody. <laughs> You're going to see Kevin Harvick drive three and four and stay about stay out of the throttle for about a second longer than everybody else and still beat him to the start-finish line. I, I, I tell you what, man, if that happens, it's going to tell you how good Kevin Harvick really is there because I feel like these downforce tracks, the aero package for Stuart Haas Racing has not been solid. They've really struggled at these downforce tracks. So if he goes to Atlanta, which is still a downforce track, I mean, obviously you got tire wear, but the aero part of that, that puzzle is huge. If he can go there and, and be as dominant as we've seen him be in the past – I think it speaks. I'm changing my pick. Ton to how great he truly <laughs> I'm is. I'm changing my pick. Um, I gotta change my pick. I'm going. You can't I, yeah, I can. Your There's pick. no rules. I pick Kurt Busch. I'm going with Kurt. I know that's a, that's Kurt probably Bush. Brett and worse. Freddie can veto that decision. So no, they can't. Yeah, they, they don't. Can't. They can't veto. I, I like it. Let him. Let him have. I mean, it's not like let it's not like him. I'm going to a ringer. Blaney was. He'll be pretty good. Let him have him. I tell you what, though, man. You talk about Harvick. Like I remember in two thousand and one, that was a really, really weird year, right? We had Dale Earnhardt die first race of the year. We had nine eleven happen. Uh, we ended up running New Hampshire as the last race of the season. Robbie Gordon won, I think, if that's right. Instead of uh, us running it where we would typically run it, right? We ran it Thanksgiving weekend. I'll never forget, man. I ate Thanksgiving dinner, and uh, Elliot and I went to the airport and flew out. Um, but, but seeing Kevin Harvick win that fourth race of the year back in 2001, driving that white 29 car, uh, was a pretty surreal moment. That's the one where it was a photo finish with him and Gordon. And, and you look at that, man, yeah. that was foreshadowing. Harvick that year was full-time in the, in the Bush series is what it was called. Uh, I think he went on to win the championship in 2001 in the, in the number two AC Delco car. But when you look at Atlanta in the cup car, his first ever race, and he goes out and win it. At Atlanta, like I mean, that was clearly foreshadowing for how damn good he is there. So I'm I'm looking forward to Atlanta because it's a, a place that's going to wear tires out there in Darlington or abrasive surfaces, and they tend to put on the best shows for me as a race fan and being a guy that's followed the sport for a long time. So I'll be watching from Myrtle Beach. Uh, I want you guys to know that I will be back in studio on Monday, though. I'll make sure I'm home by then. Jeez, mm-hmm. we heard that before. Yeah, I I just I think as a fan, 
you just want to go to these racetracks where the drivers matter. Homestead, the drivers mattered. Vegas, it showed up a little more than you expected. Atlanta. Atlanta is going to be a track where the driver matters. So, you know, th- this is what you're looking forward to as a race fan. This is this is one of the, you know, this could be a potential option for what you talk about. It's going to be a NASCAR track. But this wouldn't be a bad place to end the season at, I don't think. You know, anywhere that's cold. Wear, it'd, be, it'd be cold. But we went there in March. It wasn't that bad. It almost snowed. Didn't it snow like it one year? It did snow it out. It, it, was it snowed it out a long time ago. But, yeah, have fun with that. It'll be good. It'll be yeah, fun. I, I went in 1997. I drove down in college, man. 1997. Jeff Bodine sat on the pole because it was so cold. The track was so fast. His pole speed that year was like 197 miles an hour. Uh, we were camped down there in turns three and four in a tent, man. And it it did. It's. I mean, it's. It's. I've seen it snow several times in Atlanta when it was a second. Didn't they cancel it one man, time it was or old back in the days? Yeah, they post, they yeah. postponed or something. Yeah. It, yeah. I remember yeah. getting frostbite on the golf cart from it. It is brutal. I think uh, Atlanta's the asphalt of Atlanta, like Brett was saying, some of the best on the circuit. So it should be a great race. All right. Well, before we go, I just want to remind everybody that you all gave me a ton of sh- for not bringing Chick-fil-A ever, and I bring cake, my own birthday cake. So It's on your birthday. We can't eat it. Well, my birthday is a week from today so next monday when we're recording just make sure you're extra nice to me everybody this is christmas week thank you st patty's day wednesday now i'm a little afraid remind remind chad that it is my birthday i'm afraid of the cake i'm afraid of it now it's like just because you guys gave me some i mean i'm i'm afraid there was a little bit of anger who made that cake i didn't make it my sister-in-law yeah did henry benfield make it which sister-in-law brooke yeah Oh, my on. sister-in-law, Henry Benfield. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> was it? Just it saying, was somebody else. Was it Julian's birthday too? Uh, his birthday was last week, so we did a split oh. dinner. Julian's on our team now. He is. I get so everyone's aware it's Casey's birthday week. She set her alarm one week. Before. I'm going to celebrate. For, when's your birthday? I'm going to celebrate. So I'm going to celebrate. Do you remember uh, last year? I think it was St. Patty's Day. I got. I might have gone out and celebrated St. Patty's Day a little too hard, and I FaceTimed you and Chad at like you did. 10 o'clock. <laughs> you definitely did. That was awesome. And you didn't remember it either. No, not a chance. No idea. I'm a, I'm a serial well, FaceTimer when it when the when the alcohol gets what day? Rolling. What day of the week is St. Patrick's Wednesday. Day? Wednesday. Gotcha. The Galloway hooker, if you need me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jason is going to be editing until 2 in the morning, so let's... Good. Uh, did, we, did we just hang up on Brett so no, he couldn't talk anymore? he's still there. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great week, everyone. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to like, share, comment, all the good things. Talk to you later. Have a great week. Holla. See you after Atlanta. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.